Good morning. It's early Sunday morning, and uh, I wanted to come to you this morning and bring something encouraging and something new and not speak about what's been going on across the United States in response to the death of the black man in Minneapolis who was killed by or more rightfully murdered by a white police officer uh, right in plain view. However, I woke up this morning and looking at the news and looking at social media, it seems like we can't get away from this thing and it's important and it is on people's minds and I think it's worthwhile to bring up some things that the church, that believers are doing wrong and that the world is dragging the church into and we cannot allow this to happen. I have um, taken counsel with my wife and I, you know, I wanted to podcast this morning and I asked her last night, I said, what, what other topics can I get into that people are going to listen to right now? Because it seems like this is what everybody is looking at. This is what everybody's taking in. This is what everybody wants to know about. This is what everybody has a say in. And I wanted this to be different, not because uh, I want to express some new angle on the situation because I think it's relatively cut and dried, but because I sit here thinking that as believers, we are doing so much wrong in light of this. And we are being, like I said, drug into what the world thinks. And we are not standing on our own faith and our own convictions. I'll start with this. The world is different than us. We are not like the world in any shape or way nor should we be, and we need to be very careful when we are, as pastors, preachers, leaders, believers that have influence in a group through our words and our actions, that we are making expectations of the world and equating it to the church. And I'm not going to use a pastor's name, but I'm going to give an example from a church that we used to go to with a pastor whom I respect and love, who has a, a great congregation, who serves his community well, and he is a black man. And in a recent article, he has called uh, for whites to speak from a position of power because they come from a position of power to, you know, in quotes, do something about the racial injustice that's going on. And I can't help but think to myself, you know, what does it mean to do something about it? What does it mean to make a change about racial inequality uh, not only in our country, but right in our local communities and then spreading it across the world. And from the, my point of view, 
I, not from a position of righteousness, but from a position of a, a very practical lifestyle. I live in a mixed family. My wife is not white. My kids are not white. Um, I serve my wife. I serve my kids. I have served communities that are not white, you know, through 24 years in the military and numerous deployments. I have stood alongside, served people who are not uh, white or look anything like me, dress like me, talk like me, or believe like me for that matter. And when we start using blanket terms that say things like, from your position of power as a white person, there's more that you can do. I, I think what we do is we lump people in, all white people, into saying that you have some responsibility on the side of the things that are bad that are happening. Um, first, I want to say that it's debatable whether or not the actions that took place in Minneapolis are racist and they are just uh, hateful. Because all crime that's done across the lines of color or community are not always racist. They are very often just done out of hate, out of injustice, out of stupidity. But I, I think the bigger problem is this. The bigger problem becomes this. We cannot expect any person of any color to just stand up and make a change in your local community, the larger community, our nation or the world, and have lasting, everlasting, permanent change towards righteousness at all without Jesus. I want to be very clear, and I'm going to speak out of Galatians 5. Paul says this about works of the flesh. Okay? In Galatians 5, verses 19 to 21, Paul says, Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these... Paul is being pretty clear here what the sinful world looks like. The people who live these lifestyles, especially right here in our country, that are explained here in Galatians, don't need to change their ways. They don't need to stop being sexually immoral. They need Jesus. They don't need to stop with their fits of anger and rivalries and dissensions. They need Jesus. They don't need to stop with their envy and their drunkenness. They need Jesus. You see, we need to twist this paradigm. We need to change the paradigm. The key here isn't to just change people's minds. The key here is to change people's hearts. And this goes across racial lines, community lines, uh, nationality lines, 
borders, county lines, workplaces, church homes, uh, driveways, sidewalks. It goes across all lines that can be driven uh, or drawn out anywhere. The most important part of this is people need Jesus. It's not about just changing what somebody thinks about another person or the way they look. It's not just about changing what somebody thinks about their position of power or their position of non-power. It's not about changing the way somebody looks at the things they are doing as right or wrong. It is about Jesus. We'll look at another verse or, or another passage that talks about kind of the same thing, but I want you to listen closely to the way Paul starts out this particular uh, piece in Colossians 3, verse 5 to 10. Paul tells us, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Paul is telling us we need to put it to death. We need to kill it from the believer's perspective. Because as a believer, we put to death the flesh that we no longer have, the old man. We put beside us what doesn't look godly. He continues on in this passage by saying, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. You see, we can't expect the press to give us the truth. We cannot expect um, the people causing the, the fires and flipping cop cars and beating each other in the streets and trying to break into vehicles that they're holding up on the highway. We can't expect them not to commit violence against one another because that's the way the world acts. The world is coming absolutely unhinged. All of the other social justice issues, no matter what side you stand on, whether it be the welfare state that our nation has created that one side stands on and says to crush, or whether it be abortion and the side that you stand on that on, calling it murder, we cannot expect the world, our country, to change without Jesus. You see, this is the key. The world doesn't know any better. It doesn't know any better at all. Um, it doesn't even know who we are. You see, John is clear in 1 John 3 that the world doesn't know who you are because it doesn't know him. The world doesn't even know your intention. So if you go out trying to come in this particular case from a position of we need to change racially the way that we look one another, look at one another, whether it be from a position of weakness or a position of power or whatever stance you take, 
We cannot expect any change because the world doesn't know where we're coming from. They don't recognize us because they don't know Christ. So where does that leave us? It leaves us with preaching Jesus Christ to the world. It leaves us with the most important solution for our problems here as reaching to our neighbors for Christ. There's not a new message in this that comes. There's not an aha moment that you should have if you're listening to this message. There's not something, a light bulb that'll go off in your head and say, oh my gosh, this is the answer to our nation's problems. You see, this has been an answer to the world's problems since the very beginning. Is that we all need to be in fellowship with God through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And this is where the healing begins. And without that, the world will continue to swirl uh, and spiral out of control until it just comes completely apart at the seams and Jesus comes back to take us home. So my encouragement for you today is, if you're a believer, there's not something that you may necessarily be able to do specifically to change someone's paradigm from an argumentative perspective of right or wrong. But what you can do is continue to preach Jesus. Share the love that he brings through his salvation to people. Bring that message to people and allow the Holy Spirit to enter their lives and change them for good. And when the Holy Spirit enters them and they become convicted, then and only then will we begin to get along better as members of the church, as neighbors, and in this case, as countrymen, as we should, standing shoulder to shoulder, side by side, in the face of injustice, no matter right here on our own soil or abroad. My prayer for you today is that you would do just that. Reach someone today for the cause of Jesus Christ. Go be blessed.